Hello, welcome to the Creative Writing Life Podcast. I'm Justin Sloan. And I'm Paul Zeidman, and I'm happy to introduce our very special guest, uh, author Jonathan Yanez. I say it right? Yes, that's correct. Oh, thank good God. job. Oh, good. I was really <laughs> concerned about that. <laughs> yeah, John and I know each other, Jonathan, known each other from uh, for a long time now. We've probably known each other since before 2016-17 when we wrote some books together, mostly John, but, you know, us weighing in on some cool decisional moments, I hope. Uh, <clears throat> Warwolves great stuff uh but he's been a really uh super exciting guy all that time very enthusiastic very friendly and so when i heard about him doing some cool kickstarters to make some films i was like we gotta talk about those uh and he's on his second one now which he'll tell us all about but first we always do a quick like what have you been watching or reading or listening to so it's a chance to give a shout out to something we'll go through and do those and then we'll do an intro to jonathan and see where it goes so my quick one is the movies that made us i've been finally watching all of those on netflix and those are so fun they're just like little 40 minute or so depending uh you know going through movies like um which ones uh, ghostbusters uh home alone etc cetera, etc cetera, uh talking about how they got made and that's just inspiring and overwhelming and awesome so excellent uh, <laughs> you, Paul? uh well my wife my wife wanted to see this when it was in the theaters but we never got to it because it disappeared too quickly and then uh, part of what motivated us to sign up for peacock was we wanted to watch renfield and I think we got about 40 oh. minutes in and just bailed this. Oh God, it was no. so awful. Oh, I, no. the, the writing was bad and there's oh, no chemistry man, between the Nicholas Holt and Aquafina. Like, how do you take a movie with Nicholas Cage Aquafina. as Dracula and how do you mess that up? It was just, we just like turned it off. And I think we watched because we saw on Peacock. So we watched the first episode of Poker Face and loved that. So 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 right. we were able, able to get that nasty taste out of our mouths. I haven't seen Poker Face yet. So Renfield, though, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it looked too gory. Like, I think my I was it was. Like, it's not even that it's it gory. Just like... It's just boring. It's just yeah. you know, it's just a dull storytelling. And <laughs> oh, it's just it was just hard to. It was just ugh, it just I just don't watch it. That that's all I can okay. say. Just don't watch it. I, it's well, it's, it's, I a, it's a tragedy. It. <laughs> I'm gonna prove you wrong. I'm gonna come on next week and be like, that was the best. Yeah, I would be amazed if you did. I'd I'd be wonder, wondering <laughs> if somebody slipped something into your coffee if that's yeah. what was happening. You never know. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, Jonathan, you got anything you want to shout out? Yeah, I've actually seen both of the uh, projects that you guys are talking about. <laughs> I watched Renfield, and I have to agree, it wasn't uh, it wasn't <laughs> that writers or did you, you know, watch the whole Trekkers thing? Best. I I think I got through it, but I think I got through like halfway, <laughs> and I realized what it was. So then I was like on my phone most of the time, and it was oh, kind of like wow. playing on in the background. It was like one yeah. of those deals. Uh, and then the movies that made us is fun, too, because uh, as I've gotten into the filmmaking world, right, we're only in two year two of making films. So I'm still paying my dues. But uh, it's nice to hear that, you know, projects like Alien and RoboCop and Ghostbusters, they were paying their dues, too. Like they were figuring it out as they went. Like nobody had the same exact path. It's like some people yeah. had the actor first and then they got the money and some people had the money first and then they got the script and some people had like an IP to a book like Die Hard, but then they had to rewrite it 20 times. And then it's mm -hmm. cool to hear everybody's story and to know that like whatever your story is, like it's supposed to be this way. Nobody has it figured, all figured out at first. For sure. And and what's, what's cool is like none of them think it's going to be a hit, except for Spielberg, of course. He knew Jurassic Park would be a hit. But all the rest of them, they're like, yeah, we thought we were doing this little nothing. And all of a sudden, boom, it explodes. And that's that's inspiring. I wondered how uh, I was listening. I was, we we're watching the Home Alone one on Chris Columbus. And I was like wondering how he and John Hughes knew each other. Like, I don't think they specified that. But that's such a great relationship they had. And then I liked Christopher Columbus's uh, thing that he was doing where he's like, I'm just going to write it up until finally they give me a chance to direct. 
I was like, oh, that's interesting. So like, I don't have to go out there and try to prove myself as a director first. I can just keep kicking butt and say, I want to direct, I want to direct. And maybe eventually they'll be like, sure. And then he failed like three times before finally one took off. So that's always cool. But yeah, it's inspiring to hear yeah. those stories. Did you have an original one? Or I think I interrupted you before you could shout out anything additional. No, no, I was just oh, adding on to the two that you guys had. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, I love the movies that made us and then Renfield, like halfway through, it was yeah. kind of like, okay, I'm going to see what's <laughs> on my phone, like start social media. Awesome. Um, and I see that you have an affinity system behind you. And so we'll oh, talk yeah. about that, but let's, let's get your bio first. Like tell our audience who you are. Oh man, let's see. So I've been writing science fiction fantasy novels for about 11 years and it was two years ago, maybe three years ago that we started getting into film like, hey, what would it look like to be able to start uh, producing our own films? What does it look like to create scripts and then to put a team together, finding directors, raising the money, all the above. So we started getting into that and we filmed our first project, Infinity System last year last january and it came out last june so we took it to film festivals and we won a bunch of awards we uh earned our agents i never had an agent before so we got a agent now we have an entertainment lawyer who's attached to it shopping it but now in the meantime it's not really my nature just to sit around and wait and hope for the best so we decided to fund another project so now we're taking forsaken mercenary which is my best-selling uh ip series to screen so the kickstarter is live now and it'll be running to early august yeah i i'm curious uh i'm sure uh, paul will have a billion questions here but since i already know a lot about these programs i'll let him do it uh but but first i wanted to ask so the new one too for second mercenary it's probably very sci-fi and I, I know a lot of filmmakers are intimidated by that fact but did you feel that maybe this project is a little less intense on the sci-fi or do you feel like that doesn't matter because you guys got that figured out? Nah, we got it figured out now. So uh, every project <laughs> that we do, we try to learn, right? So like with Infinity System, we learned kind of like what elements we can get away with and what we can't. And just to use CGI sparingly. So we do have those shots in Infinity System where it's, you know, uh, full CGI, but it's not throughout the whole movie. So it helps with the budget. Mm -hmm, for sure. Nice. Yeah, I have a couple of questions. Oh, I have questions. First, I want to get uh, back to your uh, background, but uh, about Infinity System, is that available? Is it on streaming anywhere? Uh, so like for those of us who are un unaware of it to, to take a look. Right. So Infinity System is episode one. This is a mm. serial that we had planned. So okay. we took it to the film festival route. And then I asked my agent, I'm like, hey, is there any reason not to put it on YouTube? And she's like, no, she's like, you can put it on YouTube. Oh. That will only help as we're shopping it. So we just put it on two weeks ago. So it's been on wow. YouTube for the last two weeks, but it already has thousands and thousands of views. So we're super appreciative and grateful for people coming and checking out our work. Oh, that's excellent. So, okay, great. great. Uh, we'll probably have a link somewhere in the, in the, in the, in the show notes at least. And then Justin's pretty good about that. So, okay. So let's get back to just your writing background. So, I mean, have you always been a writer or did you kind of like stumble into it? Uh, you know, like a teacher at school said, Hey, you got some talent here, kid. Let's see what you can do with it. And then, like, then how did you get into the sci-fi fantasy realm? No. So I always liked reading and I thought being a writer would be cool, but I didn't really have a path. Like there was nobody around me who I knew was a writer, nobody to tell me like, oh yeah, you should do X, Y, and Z. So I uh, went to school, I got my English degree and then started working a job in sales and management. And then, you know, did not like that job, but I was just <laughs> stuck in it. 
So after five years of working that job that I didn't like, I'd always write on the side. That was like my escape, right on the side, kind of like uh, one foot in, one foot out, like maybe try to figure out what an agent was or how to query, but never really serious about it. So eventually five years in, I just decided one day, like, I, I can't do this anymore. I got to the point where I didn't even want my boss's job. I'm like, if I'm not even here, cause I don't want my boss's job. He hates his job. He's not even making that much more money than I am. <laughs> like, what am I, that's my future if I stay here. So I just quit one day, like a uh, cold Turkey, just quit cashed in my 401k and uh, put my back against the wall and said that I'm going to make this writing thing work. And uh, I told my wife after the fact, she didn't know that I quit my job and that I was oh, wow. my 401k. <laughs> That was one year into our marriage. So you can imagine that went over well. And then uh, <laughs> I uh, started personal training part-time so I could bring in some part-time uh, money while I wrote full-time. And then that's when I was just like figuring things out, figuring out you know what it meant to be an author, how long are books supposed to be, what genres do I want to write in, all the above. So, okay. So, okay. So you uh, are working on your books uh, while you were also working part-time. So how did you get to the publishing phase? I mean, did you find a publisher? Did you self-publish? So early on for my first series, I found a publisher, but then I realized how much of a percentage for me, at least my journey, I realized how much a percentage they take. And I'm like, oh, I can do this. I can find an editor and I can find a cover designer and I can keep a larger portion of the mm -hmm. profit if I just publish myself. So I don't have anything bad to say about them. I still talk to them like they were a great company to work with, but uh, I started publishing books on my own year or two years into writing and then mm -hmm. just never looked back, just kept on publishing myself. No, and so now you're just a one man empire. Yeah. So we started, <laughs> we started building our empire. My wife left her job and quit to come. So now we have um, a small group of employees who work for us, helping with like social media and marketing and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but now it's kind of come full circle because with infinity system, the TV show, it didn't exist in a book format. It was just mm -hmm. original idea. So the agent who signed us uh, asked if she could shop it as a series like a, a full series to like the big publishing houses. So like, sure. So who knows? We might go from having a publisher and then, you know, breaking off on my own for like nine years to now circling back and getting the agent with another publisher. What was it that made you want to uh, make that transition from books into, I guess, film slash TV? Um, I mean, I've always loved, you know, stories in any format, whether they be comic books or video games or TV. I love it all. So when we kind of... um it's kind of like we found out how to hunt deer really, really well, right? How to write and publish a book and be successful and, you know, have my wife quit her job and come and uh, work for our company. Like we got really good at writing and publishing books. And I'm not saying it's boring because I love to write, but it's like, okay, we got really good at catching deer. Do you want to just catch a deer for the rest of your life? Like, is this it? Is this it for the next, you know, 50, 60 years or is there more? So as we keep our foot on the gas with the publishing house, we decided like, where else can we grow? So I had an opportunity to write comic books. So our first comic book is coming out had an opportunity to start uh, working on films. So we started doing that and uh, films is fun and exciting. It's a, it's fun to be on set where so much could go wrong. I think there's something wrong with me <laughs> mentally because I know a lot of people would be scared. Like, you know, days on set, there's like, you know, $10,000 invested into this one day. So things have to work. There's like, there's no option. It's, it, it not working is not an option. Like it has to go. So every day we were on set for Infinity System, there's something going wrong. But it was fun to be able to like figure those out and keep on going. How long did it take you to put that script together? And then uh, what was uh, like, how long was your production time for it? Yeah, so it was June of 2021 
that we started talking about the concept for Infinity System. And then by June of 2022, we were having our premiere. Wow. So within a year, we wrote, had pre-production. Uh, production was only a week because it's a 33-minute wow. pilot. So okay. it was only a week long. And then it was like five months of post-production going through the editing and adding the sound and visual mm -hmm. effects and all that stuff. That is fantastic. That's a great, uh, that's a really, it seems very compact, like for, from conception to, you know, debut for a year. It just seems really fast. Yeah, it was fun. Like, uh, I'm never not working. So like, even if, uh, like I work six days a week. So if like on Saturday I finish the novel I'm working on, it's not like, okay, I'm done with the novel. I'm going to take the rest of the day off. I'm like, well, I got six hours of work <laughs> left in today. So what can I work on? Oh, might as well just, you know, work on another script or start launching a new Kickstarter or something like that. So it sounds like, I mean, you're just like, your most of your day is occupied. Like you're working on a novel and or, and or you know, the, the, TV show, and then maybe like another uh, film project. It's just like, you know, there, there's always something. Yes, there's always, there's never not any work. That's what I tell people. Like I, I tell, talked to my sister about this the other day. I'm like, hey, don't stress out and like stay at work longer than you have to. There's never not going to be work. There will always be work and something to do. Like do the best job you can, finish your work day, but then leave because there's going to be more work tomorrow. <laughs> and the next, it's not, it's not like you're going to finish it by like staying, you know, X amount of hours late. Right. Okay, so my last question, uh, because this involves Justin as well. So how did the two of you connect? And then tell us a little bit more about the project that the two of you worked on. I mean, you can both answer this if you want. Yeah, I think it was like Justin was saying, maybe 2016, 17 that we wrote it. So maybe it was maybe like around 2015, maybe that we met somewhere around there. And it was through a, a large group of writers called 20 Books to 50K. That's their group on Facebook. I think, right, Justin, is that right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like my books had been taken off with Anderley, and then uh, we had I'd done sixteen books with them, and so it's the same idea. Like I was like, "Roll, this is cool. Uh, I think I'm gonna go do some other stuff now." So I went off and wrote a series by myself, and it took off well too. And then me and my buddy from grad school, and my buddy George, who's a screenwriter, who's done some cool stuff for Michael Bay and whatnot, we're like, "Let's start a series together." And then we did that, and that did really pretty well. And then we were like, "Let's bring in some other authors to do some fun stuff too on it." And so. John was one of those guys and actually was one of the ones who went fast. And so it actually did well versus the other two that we brought in did not go fast. And like a year later, we were like, well, guys, we can put it out there, but it's probably going to flop. And then it flopped. And then, yeah. So <laughs> John was our, uh, Jonathan was our, our test case success story. And then we kind of fizzled off from there and went off and did other stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, Jonathan and I are kind of kindred spirits in that sense where we're always off trying to do new things. I'm off doing a lot of gaming stuff. I want to get more into movies and he's doing the movie stuff now. So let's let's focus on advice for people like me who want to lean more into the movie side of things. Like, how did you find these people that you're working with? And what are some lessons learned about like, I don't know, people that you should gravitate toward? I don't want to say like, you know, bad case scenarios, like lessons learned on the bad side, because then you might have to call some people out. But what are the good sides of lessons learned that you should people you should be looking for for teammates, people to partner with, that kind of stuff? Yeah, I feel like um, we met a lot of our close friends now in the film world by going to film festivals. Nice. And you can always like, um, you know, usually after you sit down at a panel and they have Q&A, you can tell by the level of questions being asked where people are in their journey, right? So mm -hmm. not that there's anything wrong with it, but if after a Q&A, somebody's asking like, um, how, what formatting software should I use to write a script? <laughs> They're probably earlier in their journey than some of the other people, right? But if uh, somebody raises their hand and says, you know, like I just launched my first studio and we're working on our third project and we have funding for it, but 
how do I go about approaching an actor? You know, that person's probably further along in their journey. So that's kind of helped us like um, collaborate and meet some other people. Cause you always want to like hang out with people who are either at your level or higher than you are. Right. Like if you're yeah. the smartest one in the room, you have a problem. You don't want to be in that room. Like I'm willing to help out, you know, give advice to anybody, but like actually collaborating with people, you want somebody who you're, you know, at least level with, or they're ahead of you. Yeah. 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 And I think that, I think that's uh, great advice. And I was actually in a lot of my video game stuff. That's one reason I love it. And why I'm interested in TV as well, because it's like being surrounded by people who could be your mentors, who could become your champions, who can become peers that you could partner with to go build good stuff. But, uh, but you mentioned all these things going wrong. Do you have any, any stories that you can share about things that have gone wrong? This sounds like a job review question right now. <laughs> how did something go wrong and how did you fix it? But I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. Like horror stories you can share. Oh, for sure, man. Every day on set of Infinity System, something happened. So we filmed in January of 2022. So it was like the very end days of the pandemic, but because uh, we were a SAG project. So SAG was very, still very mm-hmm. strict on what could or couldn't take place on set. So like the masking and the hand sanitation, yeah. and all that stuff, right? Very strict. So we had to test everybody, right? Everybody who came to set, we had to make sure that we test them daily. So uh, we had three people who were part of our hair and makeup team. And uh, one of them tested positive when she came in. And then there was another member who felt unsafe working because somebody had tested positive. So uh-huh. day one, we're supposed to have three people hair and makeup and two of them left. So we have now, you know, a third of the force that we thought we would have for all these extras, for all the uh, actors. And there was about 60 people on set on day one. That was our biggest day. In retrospect, we should not have had our biggest day on set be day one, right? We should have given ourselves a chance to work out all the kinks to make sure that, hey, maybe, you know, have our biggest day on set with all the extras and all, all the extra people maybe be like day two or day three or day four but it was day one. So that was like one of the big things. We just had to figure it out. So the, um, oh yeah, our hair and makeup stylist that remained, we had one left. She was awesome. And then uh, one of our producers, two of our producers jumped in to start just doing what they could. Like, I mean, you know, they're not on the professional side, but they're used to, you know, applying makeup to themselves and stuff like that. So they were helping out where they could. Even the actors, you know what? Even the actors too. Some of the actors that we had had been doing this for so long. They kind of understood like, you know, how to, uh, apply like the base layer of makeup or if somebody needs to be bleeding he was like working on his blood putting on his blood yeah. so yeah everybody was pitching in and helping how many days of filming did you guys do it was five days five days oh, that's shoot. It? oh man yeah yeah that's pretty quick <laughs> yeah it was fun the uh, script was like uh i think it was the whole project was 33 minutes but with credits and the front maybe it was like 30 minutes for uh the script so about 30 pages worth of shooting so we were shooting yeah. between like five to six pages a day and was money the main reason you decided to do a sh- like a, a tv episode versus a feature yeah so right money. now i'm at the stage of my career where all our funding is coming from uh our readers right the fan base right. that has followed my books for the last 11 years and they've been awesome like they funded infinity system the next project that we have forsaken mercenary is already funded they funded yeah. that project too right it's happening so i'm super grateful but right now we only have funding to be able to do either a pilot or a short we don't have the funding to be able to do you know a yeah. full feature not yet yeah yeah it's a lot of money uh for sure <laughs> i imagine you could do like a short one like a 60 minute but then it might people might feel like what's this why is it only so so short you know but anyway strike actors guild strike it's official now as of today uh so that's crazy so is that going to affect your next project uh, I don't know. was it supposed to be 
it was it is supposed to be a SAG project for Forsaken Mercenary. So I'm hoping yeah. by the time we shoot, we're supposed to shoot the end of October. So maybe okay, by the so. end the end of October, things will have you know eased down. They'll have an agreement, or who knows? Yeah, fingers crossed. Last time it was pretty short, right? The last SAG uh, strike. Anybody know? Like a matter of hours. I was looking it up today. The 1986 one was like 16 hours or something weird. Or yeah. I'm talking out of my butt. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> I don't. I, <laughs> honestly, I don't remember that one. I just honestly, I've been focusing on the Writers Guild strikes. Yeah, yeah. No, it's pretty interesting because like as of tomorrow, I mean, I'm in LA, so like I'll be walking around. Uh, I'm going to have to meet somebody for lunch. I was thinking I might go pick it as well for a little bit because it's fun. And uh, you get to meet a lot of cool people. And last time I saw one of the actors from Big Bang Theory. Uh, and I'm like, oh, who will I see this time? You know, it's kind of interesting. Like you're just walking along. You're like, hey, hey, hey. Uh, so yeah, entertaining, entertaining time. So let's talk about your next Kickstarter. And I'll turn it back over to Paul. So do you have any, like, what are your big, for people who are just like, hey, I want to check out this Jonathan guy and see what kind of giveaways he has. Can you give us kind of the spiel of the Kickstarter? What are some of the cool giveaways you're you're doing? Yeah, so for the Kickstarter, we wanted to make sure that people felt appreciated, right? Like there were things on the Kickstarter that they would get excited about and really want to help support the project. So on the Kickstarter, there's anything from uh, being able to write co-write a short story with me and we'll publish it. Mm -hmm. So they'll be able to see their name published in print. Wow. There's uh, being an extra on set. So when we shoot the end of October, we invite them down. We'll make sure they have full wardrobe and costume. They'll sit in the hair and makeup chair and get that done before they have their time on set. There's um, uh, the red carpet event. So we did one for Infinity System. We'll do one again for Forsaken Mercenary. Inviting them out. They can meet all the actors again, see everybody and watch the show. So like everything cool that we could think of. Oh, uh, challenge coins. For some reason, people really like challenge coins. So we had a, a challenge coin, um, limited edition, uh, wolf that's our logo the wolf uh we had one of those for our group and it was like our biggest seller by far of any merchandising item right. we've ever done yeah so we're like okay this time around let's throw in the the uh, coins too people really like them so i mean there's so much more to it like everything from like the original soundtrack to signed dvds signed posters from the cast like everything awesome. that you can imagine we, we crammed in there i it's funny i was talking to my other marine buddy the other day and i was like in the military, we never heard about challenge coins. We've only heard about them once we started being authors in the author community. I think there must be a thing where they do that, but it's really just these people who wish they were military who are all about it. <laughs> yeah, they love them. Or there's they some hardcore them. groups in the military that know about it, and I was just off on the outside doing my thing, whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds exciting and overwhelming. I'm like completely overwhelmed just hearing about it. So I don't envy the work that you and your wife and your team are going to have to do to 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 handle all that. But uh. Yeah. Paul, you have anything you want to jump back in on there? Yeah, actually, I just, uh, Jonathan, I just want to talk to you kind of about your writing process. So you come up with an idea for a story. Like, how extensive do you develop it? Do you kind of like, okay, I think this would be a cool idea for a story. Do you just kind of like, is it linear? Just think, oh, okay, I'd like to have, I want to include like this kind of, this sequence and this sequence. And do you just, do you like compile it all into, a, from a big jumble of notes? Or you just kind of like, okay, this is what's going to happen. And this leads to that. And this leads to that. Oh, this would be a good twist to throw in here. I mean, like, how do you put your stories together? Oh, Paul, you're giving me too much credit. I, I wish I wish I could say yes. Are you no, got a dartboard? You know, is that what it is? <laughs> no, so basically I don't outline. So wow. I uh, I don't outline at all. I might have maybe like two or three things that I think will be cool. Like at some point, um, I want you know there to be like a shadow entity. At some point, I think it would be cool if uh, the character has, you know, an intense dream, se dream sequence or something like that. But it, it's usually just, you know, 
I, I just follow the story. I follow the character and, and see where he wants to go. I heard it best. I forget who said this, but basically like writing without an outline is imagine that you're in the middle of the street at night and you're in this intense fog and somewhere in the distance, you see a glimmer of light in a street lamp. You can't really see exactly what it is because of all the fog, but you start making your way over there. And then along the way, you're like, oh, you didn't realize there was, you know, three black cars parked on your left. And then a cat kind of like scares you as it like scampers across your path. And you start discovering these things as you travel through the fog towards the light. So usually I have an idea of like where I want the story to go. Like, okay, by the end of the story, he's going to be this type. This uh, These things are going to have happened to him. But other than that, I just, you know, start traveling through the fog. Okay, that's just fascinating because I'm I'm like the old total opposite. I need to like, I know I have to plan out what's going to happen in the story. I mean, it'll adjust over time. But I just, I just marvel at people like yourself who are like, eh, I just write and see where things take me. I just can't do that. No, I think that's the what's cool thing about writing too is like I feel like very few people have the exact same um, routine even, right? Mm -hmm. Some people write at night. Some people write in the morning. Some people have to have their coffee. Some people write with music. Some people don't. Some people outline. Some people don't <laughs> outline. It's cool. It's cool to see like how uh, it's almost like a, a thumbprint or a fingerprint for each writer how they write. Mm -hmm. And so have uh, you said like you've got a lot of other things going on? I mean, like how many have you got like several books in development? Uh, and you've I was looking at your website and you have, you know, you've got your sci fi and you have your urban fantasy. I mean, is it every day is like, OK, I'm going to do a little bit of this. And the next day, uh, maybe I'll go back to this thing I haven't worked on since last week. Yeah, so I work best if I can focus on one project. But because I can just focus on one project, I get the projects done quickly. So like uh, I just finished writing my last sci fi book before we jumped into this Kickstarter. So now I'm all about the Kickstarter, you know, promotion, making sure that, you know, we're all fully funded, that we get the film going. And as soon as like, I feel like that's all under control, then I'll roll right into my next book. And if I can, you know, focus and concentrate on a book without being distracted, I can usually write a book in about a month. I'll, I'll look to Justin to see how that, if, if that, uh, if that clocks. Yeah, no, it works. It, it, I think it leads to burnout eventually. And it's exhausting, but, uh, <laughs> it was definitely my system too. I'm enjoying my video game writing right now because it's it's a more of a mixture of like plotting and thinking about things and having discussions with people. And then you get in and write and like, versus when you're writing a book a month, it's just blah, 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 the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> if you have carpal tunnel, that sucks. If your chair is uncomfortable, that sucks. Uh, these little things like your chair starts squeaking too much and you're like, oh. <laughs> so it was definitely... You, it was difficult when I was trying to do a book a month, like month in and month out, like before I had yeah, yeah. comic books, before I had built up a backlist to give me some stability before I got into film. That was hard, like trying to go yeah. 12 books Every in a year. Month. That was rough. Wow. But now I'm only releasing four books a year. So I built up enough of a backlist and a platform where I don't need to write a book every month anymore to support my family. I could do yeah. a book four times a year. So now, in but I still, remember, I still write, I still work the same amount. So even though I'm doing four books a year, I'm still writing a book a month. But now the difference is I have a couple months in between to work on film where before yeah. it was always just books. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like where you have these breaks in between to do other stuff and you're yes, still being productive stuff. and kicking butt and getting that creative zen going, but it's in a different format yes last thing i wanted to ask too was okay people who are gonna check out your books or go watch your thing or invest in your kickstarter uh they want to know where is jonathan going to be in 20 years from now are you going to be the next something or other the next jonathan yanez <laughs> what does that mean in your head do you think you have a path or are you like with your writing going into the fog no i think uh 
So, I mean, if you ask me, let's say I've been doing this for 11 years. So if you asked me 15 years ago, if I'd be here, like, there's no way, there's no way I'd be like supporting myself, (laughs) writing novels, no way I'd be making money, um, you know, with producing films, writing, producing films, acting in infinity system, be acting in forsaken mercenary. Like there's no way. So now I realize, like, um, the truth is that there are no limits. There are, there are no limits, right? Like, uh, I don't think that you will be able to achieve things overnight. Like it's going to take a lot of dedication and a lot of work, but whatever you're aiming towards, you can get there. So I've been looking at projects that scare me. Like, I don't want to do play it safe anymore. Like I don't play safe projects. That's why I'm not writing books anymore. Right. I mean, not writing books only. If I only wanted to play it safe, I would only just write novels because I know how to do that now and be successful at it. But I want to try different things. So uh, Michael Crichton at one time had the number one selling book. It was Timeline, the number one movie, Jurassic Park, and the number one TV show in ER. So I thought to myself, that sounds pretty hard to do. I'm going to do that. So I think uh, trying to get a number one best-selling book a TV show and a movie all at once. That's that's what I'm going to try to do in 20 years. <laughs> Good, cool. All right, Paul, anything else to close us out? No, I think that's a bit about it, Jonathan. This is fascinating. Uh, so I know you have a website. If you could uh, please provide that uh, URL for uh, our listeners here. Yes, it's jonathan-yanyas.com. And then our Kickstarter, if you just type in Forsaken Mercenary, we'd love to have you be a part of it. And are yeah, you on- When does that go tell? Oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. When does the Kickstarter end so that people are listening to this after the fact, they know? The Kickstarter will end August 10th. Okay, cool. And are you on social media at all? I am. So Instagram and Facebook are probably the best places to reach me. On Instagram, it's author Jonathan Yanez. And then on Facebook, it's just my name, Jonathan Yanez. Okay, excellent. Fantastic stuff. Jonathan, this has been fascinating stuff. And it's it's so motivational and inspirational too to all the uh, all the writers listening and watching out there. Oh, trust yeah. me, I am an idiot. So if I could figure this out, I just didn't give up. I just didn't give up, right? I'm not the smartest person in the room, but I just didn't stop. Like I'll show up six days a week and a lot of opportunities, Paul, I feel like I've gotten just because I wouldn't go away. I'm like, they'd be like, okay, this guy again. All right, let's just give it to him. So he'll leave us alone. So, well, and I think so stubborn and determined. Your, what I think is great about your writing. And I see us again, like similar. If you're like, I hate Justin and I keep comparing myself to you and it's an insult, I apologize. But what I think what's similar is that we're both like, nice happy excited people like neither of us are writing it like a who's like an amazing writer with crazy prose whatever those people that we don't care about we're writing at like great level like fun levels that get people excited and like it's a good story and there's great characters and they have heart and it all comes together in this fun way and that's what i like about your writing and your books you know neither of us are trying to write purple prose that nobody can understand because who the hell wants to read that not us not our readers so yeah <laughs> no for sure yeah, yeah yeah like i'm writing fast and the furious i am not writing phantom of the opera <laughs> There you go. Cool stuff. And when this podcast goes live, uh, you and I will both be at Comic-Con. So if people are listening to this for the first time and they're in the Comic-Con area, come say hi to both of us. We might not be together, but hopefully we'll at least cross paths as well. And if you find us together, you get a bonus. I'll I'll find some giveaway for people who who happen to find Jonathan and I at the same place. Do you have any copies of War Wolves lying around? (laughs) You can bring those with you. Oh, yeah. It's in print. It's still in print. (laughs) Yeah, we should order some. For sure. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, Jonathan, once again, it's been great having you on the show. Uh, is there any last minute shout outs or anything that we're forgetting? Yeah, I just want to say thank you for having us. And then uh, Justin, like I, I admire you too for just being consistent throughout the years, right? Like you've never given up. Like you've tried different things, but you keep on showing up. And I feel like 
as the years pass, I've seen so many writers, so many writers. It's like, where are, where are they now? Like they didn't love the work. They didn't love the grind. Uh, So you remind me of a saying, the saying is the man who loves to run will go further than the man in love with the destination. Okay, there you go. Right, because yeah, some people sense. are just racing towards something. So as writers, maybe they're racing, yeah. just want to publish a book or they're racing towards a certain money, a, a dollar amount or a certain level of fame, whatever in their mind, but they don't love to write. So once they hit yeah. that, then they kind of die off. You don't hear from them anymore. Like what happened to so-and-so? You used to write all the time. But with you, you've been consistent, man. So I admire that trait. Yeah, there we go. We got to hang on there. And I agree. I think I don't understand how people do this who don't like it. It yeah, boggles my brain. <laughs> you've, you've got to love it. Somebody told me some uh, a new writer. I try to help people out as much as I can. So a new writer is asking me. He's like, "Okay, when do I start making money on my book?" I was like, "What do you mean?" He's written he's written one book. He's like, "Well, I need to justify. I need to justify all this time that I'm spending writing." I'm like, "Man, if you're looking to make money or looking to justify time writing, <laughs> you're doing it for the wrong reason. You should write because you love it. Write because yeah. you love it, and then the money will come." And yeah. I don't think he understood that he was writing towards oh. money, trying to get money. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I was laughing too. Like I was trying to be as nice as I could to him. I was talking to him. I was like, no man, love because you write. If you don't love to write, then you should not be doing this because there's no money for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have stories about this too, but I'm not sure how to share them without giving away uh, what I'm talking about. So I will not, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So thank you again, Jonathan, for coming on the show. And once again, listeners, go check out his Kickstarter. If it's already past the date, go check out all the stuff he's doing. If it's 15, 20 years from now, try to see if he'll still talk to us because uh, he's going to be in, in big places uh, like we all will. So uh, thanks, Jonathan. Thank you, listeners. This is the Creative Writing Life podcast. If you can leave reviews, that's awesome. Spread word of mouth, all that fun. And let's see you at some events. And thank you, Justin. Uh, I'm. You can check out my screenwriting blog, Maximum Z at MaximumZ.blog and check out my Go Ahead and Ask series of books on Amazon. I'm also on Twitter at Maximum underscore Z. Like he said, he's Justin. That's Jonathan. I'm Paul. This has been the Creating Writing Life podcast. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, go write something.